Hi everyone, welcome back to Grays Lake Central's Reality Check, where we ask teachers to pause, reflect, and try something. My name is Victoria Loeb. I'm an instructional coach and English teacher at Grays Lake Central High School, and I'm here to talk to you through five tips to connecting with students remotely. So before I begin with the tips, I thought I'd start with something I saw recently um, that really resonated with me. I follow John Spencer, um, who's been putting out a lot of e-learning resources, and in one of his recent articles, he said this, for over two decades ago, researchers Anderson and Garrison demonstrated that success in an online course depended on the relationship between the student and the content, the student and the instructor, and the student and classmates. When students fail to connect with their instructor, instructor or their classmates, they disengage. And this disengagement results in lower attendance, lower assignment completion, and lower achievement. In other words, students learn less and perform worse when they aren't connecting with others. On a more human level, students need to connect relationally to their classmates and to their teacher. Um, I think that making connections with students is harder than ever. Um, but as we all know, it's the foundation for everything that happens in the classroom. Um, engagement doesn't happen. Academic success does not happen unless students feel connected. So without further ado, here are five tips to working on that ongoing process. So this first tip is sort of a broad overview. We're going to call it the MGC protocol. Um, and as we kind of go into different methods with kind of connecting with students, it's just sort of a little checklist to kind of um, keep in the back of your head. So this comes from an English teacher named Dave Stewart, who coined this MGC protocol term, these moments of genuine connection. So to Stewart, MGC should fit these three criteria. Number one, they should be moments. In other words, brief, no longer than three minutes each. Uh, number two, they should be genuine. You have to mean what you say and kind of do some self-examination when kind of negative feelings crop up when you're having these moments with students. And then the C of MGC is the, the connection, um, calling out really specific things that we notice um, about the student. Maybe you kind of did some get to know you stuff at the beginning of the year and you can kind of draw from that, or maybe it's something that they um, did in an assignment or something like that. Um, in general, he, he claims that these MGCs should be embedded um, into class periods, um, you know, the before, the after, when you're letting, you know, students in from the waiting room, when you're scheduling um, this kind of into your week. They should be embedded, not extra. Stuart also claims that these moments of MGC should be tracked. You should jot down a couple of notes when you have these moments with students, um, whether it's an attempt whether it's kind of a success, even just kind of having a, a roster and putting a little dot next to um, each of your students so that you can ensure like that you have kind of, you know, made this attempt to connect with every single student, give yourself, you know, a month or, or whatever it is. Um, and make sure that these kind of moments of MGC are both personal and academic. Okay, so if MGCs are the what, here is the how. Tip number two is to embed these moments of connection in feedback. Um, so when you're giving students feedback on um, their work, a lot of our Schoology tools will allow you to attach audio or visual or, or video, something visual, um, rather than kind of filling out the rubric or kind of in addition to a rubric, um, giving them that casual like, hey, I noticed that this was a big improvement from last time or kind of giving them that positive reinforcement um, will be really helpful. Um, if you're saying to me, Vic, that will take forever, 
well, yes, it, it would, but, you know, keep that, that kind of tally going, try to give, give maybe one, you know, piece of audio or visual, you know, feedback, um, between now and the, the rest of the semester to every single student. It's a good kind of goal to set. Uh, number three is to schedule a week to deliver your content more asynchronously in order to prioritize one-on-one -on -one meetings. Okay, so think about, you know, certain content that works almost just as well asynchronously as it does synchronously. Um, maybe you're pushing out content via Edpuzzle or you have students reading and working on skills independently and you kind of use the, the week to build in check-ins with every single student. Um, this might be a social emotional check-in, you know, just getting to know them, letting them know you. Maybe it's more executive functioning. We've got a lot of students who are struggling with just how to get to assignments and what they need to complete and how to prioritize. Um, and it might be academic too, maybe bringing a recent assignment to the table and, and kind of talking through it. Maybe it's a writing conference or a speaking conference or something like that. The way we see it, there are a couple of ways to facilitate this. Um, number one, you could open up individual breakout rooms for every single student. Uh, and just let them work, um, have something really specific that they need to be working on, pop in to the different breakout rooms throughout the class period, bring back everybody at the end or not. Um, or you could have students working independently in the waiting room um, and then just pull them in one by one to the class and then just sort of push them back out into the waiting room where they'll, they'll go back to their independent work. Number four is non-content specific like video updates. Um, a lot of the videos I've been making for my classes are meant to replace direct instruction, right? But as I'm remembering back to the spring, I don't think that was my focus so much when I was making videos. I would just be almost like sitting on my bed with my phone, almost like narrating this like lost at sea log or something like that um, because I knew the students and I felt comfortable and um, they'd send me videos back and we kind of already had this pre-established relationship. Um, I haven't done that at all, um, but I think it's good to get back to those kind of videos. Um, consider using bell ringer time to have students watch a, you know, one minute video of you talking through the week casually um, and submit, submitting something back to you. And maybe you ask like a, how you doing question or like something silly. And then that way you can kind of use that bell ringer time to take attendance and get yourself situated and then kind of spend that time answering questions instead of explaining the week again and again. Or maybe like me, you're already recording lessons like content or skill-specific lessons to post on Edpuzzle or Schoology. So, you know, do a 20-second intro from somewhere new or doing one of your hobbies or have your dog in the video. Um, really let your students see you, not just the content-specific you, but find ways to kind of show them you. Um, and then finally, our last tip is Flipgrid. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse with this one. Um, if we all agree that students who do, do not feel connected to their teacher or the content or their peers, um, it, they, they so, suffer socially, emotionally, and academically, we've got to force their hands and we've got to get them on platforms like Flipgrid. Um, they've got to be vulnerable to us. They've got to be vulnerable to each other. And maybe... This, these these topics that you set up in Flipgrid are academic. Maybe they're non-academic, but you build like in time during class to get them on that platform. And these video check-ins allow students to share how they're doing. And we can see that with body language and with voice, which um, personally I'm not seeing so much of during in class time with, with synchronous class time. 
Um, the fact that they can re-record a video allows them to have a sense of control over the process as well. So that's it for tips on helping us connect with students remotely. Join Shayna in our next episode as she talks about what to do when the tech is not working. So in the meantime, what will you do to try something?